Hey everybody, welcome to the Hope Young Adults podcast where we help young adults grow in their relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm David Hurst and this episode is all about relationships. Look, I get it, relationships can be tough, but God said in the very beginning that it is not good for man to be alone. Lindsay Bull walks us through scripture and shows us how we can have healthy, godly relationships. This episode comes from our weekly devotional series called The Feed. Hi guys, I'm Lindsay, um, and today I'm going to be talking about relationships and kind of what is a godly relationship, what does that look like, um, as well as, you know, who is God and why is he a God of relationships. Um, Yeah, I do just want to let you guys know that I had already talked for about two minutes, and then Matt, uh, we realized that the microphone wasn't set up right. So bear with me as I try and come back from that. But um, the first point I want to make is that God is a God of relationships. So God in himself, his very nature, uh, from the beginning of the world, from the beginning of creation, God was in relationship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So the Godhead from the beginning of the world um, was a representation of relationship. Um, And so part of God's own nature is that constant relationship. And then it says in Genesis that we were made in God's image. And so if we were made in God's image and God is a God of relationship, um, I think he calls us into relationship as well. And so we'll kind of get into that and what that looks like. Yeah, so to begin with, uh, the first point is that God is a God of relationships, like I said. So John 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the word, and here you can substitute Jesus for the word. So in the beginning was the word, and or was Jesus, and Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God. So there we see that um, in the beginning. So before Adam and Eve, before any creation, there was this relationship between Jesus, God, and the Holy Spirit. Colossians 1, 15 says, The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, for in him all things were created. So God calls us to be in relationship and communities with others, as it is said in Romans, that we all form one body. We are all part of the body of Christ. Um, And so the second point I really want to make is we were created to be in relationship with God and others. Um, And the first time that God says that anything is not good, Surprisingly to me, when I think about this, when I would think about what would God say, the first time he says something isn't good, what, what would he say? And what comes to my mind is it's not good to sin or it's not good um, to not love your sister or brother in Christ. But what's interesting is that the first time that he says something is not good is in Genesis 2.18 when he says it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. So if God put so much importance on the first thing that he said was not good um, is for man to be alone, then there must be a reason as to why he calls us into relationship and what that looks like. Um, The first relationship is a pretty good example of this. Um, It kind of gives a lot of truths. So the first relationship between humans in the Bible um, is between Adam and Eve. So they were living in a perfect relationship with God but because of their sin in the garden, they were separated from him um, and they were fearful of that relationship. So Genesis 3, eight through 10 says, then the man being Adam and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord called to the man, where are you? 
And he answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. So here you can really see um, some cool truths was that before Adam and Eve sinned, and before they knew of their shame, um, they weren't aware of them being naked. And so that shows that sin broke their close relationship with God just like it broke ours. Um, and so that entered into the fear of relationships. Um, God longs to be with us and actively offers his unconditional love, but our natural response, just as Adam and Eve exhibited, is fear because it's intimidating to know that somebody, um, that a God that, that knows us and know our, knows our worst and our brokenness and our darkness, that he still loves us and wants to be in relationship with us. And I think for a lot of people that kind of brings a fear and a distance. I know uh, for me in this past year, God's really revealed uh, what love is and what it looks like to be in relationship with him. And I'll tell you, it's hard. Um, it's hard to come to that truth. It's hard to understand why God would want to be in relationship with somebody like me, uh, with somebody so broken and, and who was so lost. But the beautiful thing is that God, even in his perfectness and even without needing us, calls us into relationship with him. Uh, the third point I want to make is that all horizontal relationships, so all relationships between friends, between um, like romantic partners, between family, all horizontal relationships begin with the individual's vertical relationship with the Lord. Um, and that's a truth that I wasn't really able to grasp until I realized that my relationships with other individuals could only be as good as my relationship with the Lord, because that is ultimately where we get our purpose, where we get our identity, um, and where we have life. And so before we can be truly effective in relationships, we must accept God's forgiveness and his unconditional love, which will then be the fuel for our horizontal relationships. Uh, one of my favorite books, a quote says, sometimes we try to get from creation what we were only meant to get from the creator. And that just shakes me because it makes me think about times in my life when I was trying to get uh, fullness, I was trying to be accepted, I was trying to find identity and purpose from creation. So from another person, whether that's a friend or a romantic partner, when really God made us to get those things from him. Um, and so it just amazes me and I'm reminded that, especially in this past year, there's been so much loneliness um, and I think sometimes that loneliness is us, our soul, begging to be in relationship with God because we're trying to find love and we're trying to find acceptance um, in, in horizontal relationships, in relationships with the creation and not the creator. Um, yeah, the next point is that the first thing that God provides us is relationship with him before he provides us relationship with another person. Um, and that's because, you know, Jesus in John 10, 10 says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And I truly believe that we can't have life to the full and experience that and what that means without relationship with the Lord who provides all things. Um, let's see here. And then, so the next thing I really want to talk about is um, what is a godly relationship? What does that look like? What should we be striving for as Christians? Um, and I think a great place to start is if it's a godly relationship, it should reflect the creator. If God created a relationship and brought it into your life, then it should reflect him. Um, and so a big thing is 
God is love. And if that is his nature and who he is, then it should reflect love. And so when I was thinking about that, um, like, okay, that's great. It should reflect love. What does that really mean? Well, it's good because in 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7, um, a verse that we've heard at weddings and um, we love to put on signs and all of that stuff, uh, says, love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it's not jealous, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, gets me there, uh, it keeps no record of wrongs, love does not delight in evil but rejoices in the truth, it always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. So if that is what love is, all of those different characteristics, and God is love, God is those things and exhibits those things, then we should be striving to be in relationship with people who also reflect those. Um, we all know that we're not perfect and that relationships aren't perfect, and because we are sinners and uh, relationships are broken because it's, it's one sinner with another sinner, um, it doesn't mean that we shouldn't still be striving to be in relationship with people who exhibit those characteristics and who are despite that we will fall in pretty much every one of those categories, um, that we're still striving to, to uh, embody those. And so it really challenged me to um, think about people in my life, whether that be uh, a boyfriend or a friend or a family member, it really challenged me to look and see, can I put their name, substitute their name for love in this verse? You know, can I put, and then can I put my name there? You know, can I put, Lindsay is patient. Lindsay is kind. Lindsay does, it does not get jealous. Lindsay does not boast. And I mean, all already there, I've, I've not met the mark. Um, and so it just made me think, man, if I want a godly relationship, one that is going to, uh, first and foremost, through Christ, bring me fulfillment, then what, what should that look like? And I think God lays it out perfectly for us here. Um, and then 1 Peter 3, 8 is another good kind of guiding uh, verse. And it says, finally, all of you be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. Um, and so that kind of, there's a lot there, but it kind of outlines a perfect guideline for what relationships, godly relationships should um, exhibit. So the first one is, when he says, all of you be like-minded, that shows harmony. So that shows pursuing the same goals and usually goals that are rooted in Christ and rooted, rooted in um, projecting his glory. And the second is sympathy. He says, be sympathetic. Um, and that's being responsive to other, others' needs. You know, are uh, the people that you're in relationship with, are they responsive to your needs? Um, love, which we already hit on, was all of those different characteristics um, and then compassion. It says, be compassionate and humble. So compassion is showing grace and mercy. Um, I think one of the biggest ways that I knew that I was in a relationship with friends or um, family members, that it was healthy, was when I was shown the same compassion and mercy that Jesus showed me. Um, and that's, that's when you know that it's something real and that it's something from the Father because it reflects that. Um, the last one is humility. And this is really tough to grasp, um, but it says be compassionate and humble. And humility to me is being willing to deny your flesh and pride and accept God's truth spoken through others 
regardless of how hard it is to accept. Um, I know that for me, friends in my life that have consistently shown me truth with grace, which is what uh, scripture says Jesus was. It says he was full of truth and grace. So friends in my life that have um, had the courage enough to come to me with hard truths when I wasn't in alignment with the word of God, um, that's how I knew they loved me. Um, and so I encourage you guys to find, you know, one or two people, if you don't already have them in your life, that are willing to be honest with you, willing to um, not allow you to stay where you are, but to encourage you to grow, um, push you to not be the same as you were yesterday or today um, or tomorrow. Uh, the second like way that we can figure out if a relationship is from God is that they bring encouragement and they motivate you to live for and consistently seek God. So all throughout the Bible, um, there's a lot of examples of the body of Christ being encouraged. Um, and one of my favorite people in the Bible, Paul, he's constantly writing to churches like the church um, in Corinth and then in Ephesians, and he's constantly writing to them and encouraging them um, to continue to walk in the way of the Lord. And so Hebrews 10, 24 says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Um, so I've heard that verse a lot um, and I've always kind of wondered. It's, to me, it seems like weird wording that it's, let us consider how we may spur one another on. Um, the only thing that comes to my mind are the spurs on a shoe. Um, but I really started to think about that and I, and I looked it up and, and spurring someone on is really motivating them. Um, and so it says, if you, if you uh, exchange that, it says, let us consider how we may motivate one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching, because God knows that um, as we continue to, to get near to Jesus's second coming, that we are gonna need encouragement more than ever. And I think we've seen that in this past year. Um, the third thing to look for in a godly relationship is that um, the person is rooted or the relationship is rooted in forgiveness and truth. Because um, I think that those are two core elements of the gospel. Uh, God calls us to have relationships with people who aren't simply yes men, uh, but those who will hold you accountable to his word while also forgiving you when you don't. Um, and I kind of alluded to this earlier, but I know that there was a certain time in my life when I was not walking with the Lord, um, when I was, you know, going with the desires of my flesh and all of those things, and I constantly looked to yes men to tell me that it was okay to do what I was doing, and that is what I wanted to hear. But I'm telling you that relationships that are able to speak the truth to you, speak the truth of the gospel to you, while also understanding that you are going to fall and being there for you just the way Jesus is when you fall. Those are the relationships that will bring you life. Galatians 6, 1 through 2 says, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Um, and I think the key word there is gently. 
It says, if someone is caught in a sin, you, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. Um, and like I said earlier, Scripture says that Jesus was full of truth and grace. And honestly, um, it's so hard for me to understand how those two go together. Because to me, in my life, it seems like they're polar opposites. Um, you know, it's hard to be truthful, but to also be, to be full of grace. And so God calls us to that. And he calls us when uh, a brother or sister is caught in sin or a romantic partner is caught in sin to restore that person through the spirit in us gently. Um, and that can be incredibly hard. Ephesians 4.15 says, Instead, speaking the truth in love, like Jesus does, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the lead, that is Christ. And so once again, we see the truth in love, which is a common theme in relationships that are godly. Proverbs 27.6 says, Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. And so it's kind of hard to understand wounds from a friend can be trusted, but I thought about that in my own life. You know, the things that temporarily, um, you know, shock you or temporarily cause your pride to get in the way, um, those wounds can be trusted because you know they're coming from a person that, lo that loves you, um, that wants the best for you. And so uh, I just question, do you have people in your life that are willing to be honest with you and give you the advice that may temporarily sting, but it's for your own good? Do you have people that love you enough to not want you to stay where you are, but to encourage you to live a life of consistent growth? Proverbs 27, 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens the other. And that really got me to question, in my life, do I have relationships that sharpen and refine me, or do they cause me to become dull in my pursuit of the Lord? Um, and so I just leave you guys with that, that God, number one, is a God of relationship. And before um, we are given a relationship with other people, which is something he calls us to, he wants us to find our full fulfillment in him, in relationship with him, um, and that we'll be able to accept his grace and his mercy um, first and foremost. And then through that, we will be able to show that to other people, to other relationships. And then he calls us to a certain um, kind of relationship. You know, he, he does call us to go um, and be, you know, he came for the sick and not the healthy, but he also knows the power in a united body of Christ. And so, um, yeah, so I just encourage you, these things that I've said, maybe really taking time to look at 1 Corinthians 13 and going through what love is, what God is, and questioning is, are people in my life, do they exhibit these things? Or if they don't, are they actively pursuing these things? Um, yeah, and so I just, I really encourage you guys with that. Um, I know God's been so faithful in my life. Um, I was just talking to Matt and saying that although it feels like the quantity um, of friends that I might have had has decreased, the quality has increased so greatly. And that's because I have learned first and foremost to get my fulfillment from Christ and then through that, encourage others and be encouraged by others. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening today. If you're interested in learning more about our ministry, head over to gethope.net slash youngadult. And if you enjoyed this message, be sure to subscribe to this podcast so we can stay connected.